Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's been an eventful few days in the world of Reading Football Club. Last time we recorded this podcast, we thought that Alexander Stanovich would be the manager of Reading Football Club. Well, that was complete and utter rubbish. That was a made-up rumour and it was not actually true. The person who is now our manager is also Serbian. It's Vileko Panovic. He has got a two-year deal. And to help us talk me through this situation, I've been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Oh, hi, Panovic. <laughs> yes, the man, the dream. And also joined by the internet sensation, Twitter, just eating up, his audience growing by the hour, is Eddie Wallbank. Hi. Cheers, Paul. Hi. Thank you for having me. I know. Pleasure to have you on then, Eddie. So, Eddie, take us straight into the world of Redden Football Club. Nigel Howe, how did that situation come around? Because he's obviously been CEO twice now. Why did he leave the club or leave that role as CEO? Well, yeah, it's, it's been eventful to say the least, to be honest. It's been, it's been hectic. And the first kind of um, mutterings that I got that Nigel Howe was, uh, it, it wasn't going smoothly with him, was a few days before he stepped down as CEO, and I heard that he um, wasn't, he was slowly disagreeing with Mr. Dye. And he, um, he, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Okay. So he was, he was slowly disagreeing with Mr. Dye. And eventually he got to the point where he felt like he hadn't got the powers that he was promised when he signed up to be, CEO and um, I mean the they first discussed about him stepping down three days prior to the announcement so it was very quick and it wasn't exactly expected on the in the club's point of view I'm not sure about Mr Dye he might have been considering it for a while um, but he's he's still involved in the transfer process because we haven't got anyone else who has experience in drawing up uh, contracts and negotiating with other clubs but I think the gist of it is that he wanted to protect the club from financial fair play constraints. And I think Mr. Dye wanted to push through and gamble for promotion. Yeah, that seems to be it, isn't it? I mean, it's understandable, Nigel, how obviously being there with uh, John Medeski many years ago, that's the system that they worked, Alex, wasn't it? It was, uh, were you surprised by the news of Nigel Howe leaving us? Um, I mean, yes and no. So, to an extent, it was a little surprising to see him kind of step step away from his role, uh, given that there is, doesn't seem to be a direct successor um, outside of the, outside of uh, the person that Dai's brought in, who who seems to be kind of a, I guess, what we think as a yes man, um, but I guess we'll see with him. Um, but yeah, I think Eddie kind of sums it up. It didn't really feel like Cal had much in the way of power or or say in what was going on. Um, so it maybe isn't that surprising that he's kind of stepped back from his role and he, he's taken a, I guess a a lesser 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 facing role in the club and it's slightly more project based. He seems to be from from what uh, from what Eddie's, Eddie's reported. It seems that. He's going to be taking on more of the Bearwood and Royal Elm Park if that ever comes off, and and uh, and the sale of Hogwood as well. So it seems like he's going to be taking on more of that kind of project role rather than the hands-on day-to-day running of the club. Yeah, it's a kind of a situation when we've just got positions vacant all over the club at the moment. With kind of like Mark going, Mark Bowen now deciding he doesn't want to stay 
out of the club as he's been removed as manager. I can't say I blame him for a moment. He's kind of been demoted completely. So what happened there then with that, Eddie? He went to Portugal, didn't he? And people were still thinking that he might stay despite his apparent mood after the match against Tottenham on Friday. Take a tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, well, well, from what I understand, he com- is completely unexpected from Mark Bowen's side. And um, he, was, he was offered a higher, higher wage to step back into a sporting director or director of football, whatever you like to call it. Um, but... And he went to the yeah, he went he went with the club to Portugal and he, he looked like from those photos he was having a great time uh, at, when they were singing the songs. But um, yesterday he had a meeting with Mr. Dyer, I believe, over the phone. And I think you know it, there's some dignity involved with with being messed around like that. And I think he wanted to pursue pursue his managerial career and not stuck at the club that's made him look a bit like a fool. And um, and so he he's gone. He's walked off. I think it kind of makes sense that the Bones not stayed. I know there was a, a lot of rumours last week about him uh, coming into that director of football, sporting director role and going back to that role. Um, and if he hadn't signed a contract extension earlier in the season, uh, then I could have seen him doing it. But once he's signed that contract extension, it, it pretty much validates him as a, as a first team manager. And it, it gives, I guess it gives him the, well, it gives him the impression that the, the owner's, believe in him and the owners want him. So to be then be told, oh yeah, we want you to go back and sit in the back room and, and, and look after transfers and look after the kind of, I guess, larger club uh, club ethos, as it were, um, is probably a bit of a kick in the teeth. And, and as Eddie said, there's probably some kind of, I guess, you want to you, you hold your dignity, as it, as it were, and it, it comes across a little class classless. Um, from from the dies to, to think that offering a higher wage to someone and they're going to take us you know base uh, what is essentially a downgraded position um, in in anything but name um, so yeah it comes across a little classes I guess from the dies to offer him a higher wage for that I guess downgraded position so it, it doesn't surprise me hugely that Bones kind of decided to leave and it wouldn't surprise me again to see him turn up at another championship club kind of later in the season really. I think, yeah, I think also, you some yeah, go on, that, um, um, it's such an, it's, as you all know, it's such an odd time to sack a manager halfway through pre-season, about 10 days before this, we get our first competitive fixture. I think, um, this is just from what I, I assume, that I think Mr. Dye kind of comes in and out of interest and he might, he, he at points, he puts all his focus on, on Reading, especially around the trans, transfer market time. And he, he thinks, oh, well, the last six months haven't been too good. It's time for a change. I think, I think that might be how he thinks instead yeah. of a long-term vision. Yeah, I think that's coming across, isn't it, Eddie? There's no kind of apparent plan, is there, Alex, at all? It, it definitely comes across like that when you, when you kind of hear about, like, Liam Moore and, and Jakob Mate and John Swift. And all these, these players have all had pretty significant bids on them in the last couple of years. And, and he, he's rejected them all on the basis that he thinks they're either lucky or, you know, worth more than they actually are being bid on. Um, it, it kind of comes across that basically he wants to have a hand in transfers at all times. And he, he really wants to be hands-on, but only for the sections where he wants to be hands-on, really. Um, so I guess it, it, it almost comes across like he's meddling to an extent in the business of 
his own club, but he doesn't want to leave the transfers to somebody else to deal with, um, which I guess isn't that surprising uh, when you're putting millions and millions of pounds into a club. But um, it's going to be very difficult to hire a director of football who wants to work under that because you just aren't going to get much of a say in it. No, there's no, you can't create a plan under that, can you? I mean, that's why he's got his own man pay on there, isn't it? Now he's kind of feels like like a bit of a yes man, essentially, doesn't it? <laughs> he's just going to sit there and agree with it. He's not going to go against the trend, is he? But there is this other silent person within Reading Football Club that is Keir Jarrettan. Now, his role in transfers and the situations of that, Addy, how would you see how it works with transfers? Is it manager, Keir? And then at the moment, Nigel Howe, that would be the situation. Yeah. Well, so from what I've been told, I was told manager, Howe, owners. And I, but I think that the owners are kind of represented and associated with Kia and he kind of acts for them. And it, I think he's probably quite a good talker and he tells them, oh, this, this guy, this guy's good. You should get your manager to sign him. And then I think, like I said, Howe will be in the contract and negotiation side of it. Hopefully um, the new manager gets a, gets to choose players that he wants. I mean, if you look at the player we've been linked with today, Rodrigo, um, that, that, that comes from his links after eight years of, of playing, playing at Fetipo. So I think that hopefully he'll have quite a bit of power in designing the team he wants. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he could be a good signing. As we've seen, he's, as in every single player in Spain, they've got an absolutely ridiculous release clause this Rodrigo um, Raquel May, who apparently is predominantly come from the left-hand side. He's got a good technique. He's fast. He looks amazing on YouTube. Name me a player that doesn't look amazing on YouTube. But he's under 23. And I've been kind of hit by too many players who've come from the under 23 and not quite made it. Some of them do. I would give you the prime example of Danny Loder, absolutely smashing under 23 football, Eddie. But he hasn't quite made that step up. There's been a couple of other Serbian players that have been linked with us in the last couple of days. Now, here's the bit. Here's the name one. Let's go with the, uh, the nice and easy one. Vincenko for us was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I got word that, well, obviously he had his contract uh, bought off him by Benfica. Only a year after he'd been linked with a 30 million move to Everton. So, it's quite a change in scene for him. Um, but he, he didn't he didn't manage too many appearances with Benfica last season, and um, from what I understand, um, his dad has a quite bad influence on him. I spoke to a Serbian journalist, and uh, it sounds like his dad has a bad influence on him. I'm not too sure on the details of that. But um, under the new manager's under 23 squad that won the uh, World Cup for Serbia, he was like the star I've heard, and um, but, um, he's seen as the next kind of big thing in Serbia. And, and so, I mean, I don't think it's likely that we'll sign him. I'm sure there's Premier League clubs in all the top, and all the top leagues around Europe who are interested in him. Uh, but I know that he's someone we're looking at uh, and we'd obviously love to have. I mean, yeah. it's not a place where we've ever been before, is it, Serbia? It's not a market. We've tapped a lot of different markets throughout the world, haven't we, Alex? But kind of that Eastern European one is quite yeah. limited. No, it's not really something we've kind of dipped our toe into too much. I mean, outside of Dennis Rackles from, from Latvia, you haven't really had many... Matijowski? Matijowski, Pogrebniak. Puskas. Yeah, Puskas. Yeah. We, we we've had a couple here and there, but we've never really kind of like dived in like we did with uh, 
with Iceland or, or Ireland over the last kind of couple of decades, definitely. Yeah, Puskas, I'd be interested in the season he has next season, but is he going to get a massive transfer help or assistance with a striker alongside him? How do you think the transfer market is going to go for the rest of the summer, Eddie? Are we going to go absolutely ballistic? Or is it going to be more hype than actual reality? Well, I'm sure that everyone uh, is hoping for me to say it's going to go absolutely ballistic. But um, I, I know that the, we're looking at bringing in five to eight new players. And um, from what I've understood, it, it, we will be spending money. I mean, the, the guy I've been linked with today, Rodrigo, he's, um, he's going to cost a fair bit. He's um, transfer market having valued at 2.3 million euros. And they always undervalue players. And so I think I think that Mr. Dye will be looking to spend the cash in a bid for promotion. Yeah, I think so. Do you think we'll be breaking our transfer record this summer then, Eddie? You're gonna put you put your neck on the line and go for it. I don't know if I don't know if I want to do that. I think maybe <laughs> they I'm not too sure, but most of them will be below five million pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is go on now. I think it'll be interesting if we if we do sign five to eight players, um, just how they'll kind of fit in with the squad and whether we're going to have to get rid of players just for squad balance. Um, there was a lot last season made of kind of the fact that our squad was very overbloated and we had a lot of players and the, just the balance was incorrect. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we, if we end up signing five, six, seven players, are we, are we going to end up selling any players, do you reckon, Eddie, to kind of like try and redress that balance? Yeah. Well, before all this happened, um, I know that the financial fair play when Howe was in charge was some top priority. And we were looking at selling like the likes of Liam Moore at high earner, £35,000 a week around that. And so that would, have, that would have made space for us to make a few purchases. Uh, like with Chris Gunter and Gareth McCleary going, both in around the 20s as well each week, we needed to free up some wages to bring in new players. But I'm, I'm not too sure that that's something Mr Dye would be too bothered about. Uh, selling players, especially not his favourites like Swift and Mate. Um but but um, Liam Moore could go. I'm not too not too sure if he will. But yeah, no, I think that is definitely a possibility. I mean, even if he the owner doesn't want to sell players, sometimes it's best if they move on for their own yeah. career. One player that's been linked heavily with a move is John Swift. Um, I'd love to see him stay, but I could also understand Eddie if he wants to make that move to a Premier League club. Yeah, well, it's very understandable if he wants to go to the Premier League, Premier League but we've had Sheffield United earlier on in the transfer window. It was rumoured around £3.5 million, pounds, which we swiftly rejected. Uh, and, and now I understand that Aston Villa have been after him. Their bid was around £6 million six million pounds but it could have been up to eight million pounds i think it's six million pounds and uh, we rejected that uh, i expect us to come back with another bid especially if jack Grealish goes uh but he's definitely a player that mr Dahl wants to keep hold of yeah no definitely you'd want to see him stay there wouldn't you alex or do you think it's time maybe for us to cash in on him I, i'd like to keep swift but I mean, if we're going to sign eight players, and I'd assume that one of them is probably going to try and be playing in centre midfield and, and competing for John Swift's spot. Uh, if that's the case, then maybe it kind of makes sense to sell him this summer and get six to eight million pounds for him. Um, because if he plays his spot next season, he's not going to be worth six, eight million pounds next summer. One signing we have definitely made is Ovia Jaria. Now, he's definitely a favourite of mine as well. Um, I know there's inconsistency maybe with his last final pass, but 
what a talent we've got there. And to make a signing when the second after he signs, he's actually probably worth double the value, Eddie. Would you agree on that? Oh, well, that, that's a great piece of business. And even with the financial fair play, I think they should have signed him and then sold him on straight away. Um, he, when I first reported that, it's quite nerve-wracking because I know the whole fan base relies on Obi Ajara and loves him. But I'm glad that came through. And I think, I think a few more years, he can redevelop really into a great player. Yeah, talking about online presence, what's it like suddenly your account just massively growing? Just kind of <laughs> in the space of a few days. Yeah, well, I appreciate all the support. Um, and it uh, seems as soon as I made a pic- put the picture of me in the suit as my profile picture, everyone's starting to take me really seriously. So thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the Lucas Jow one is gone. You've moved on from that era. It's yeah, Lucas Jow is long gone now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on now to what kind of like, what possible areas do we think we need to really strengthen in if we have this ideal world of dying billions, basically, which he seems to appear to have. It doesn't need to be worried about Stop financial minute. play. Well, let's keep it semi-realistic. If you Stop could manage choose... a time <laughs> in the bank, you can sign who you like. Excited. Not like players, just positions. If we could have three positions, Eddie, where do you think that we should strengthen off the top of your head, which mainly would be the weakest areas of the team? Left wing, um, right wing and defensive midfielder. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. Can you, Alex? I think I would go one winger, a defensive midfielder and a centre-back. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what formation Panovic is going to play when he comes in. I know he's been linked with a kind of quite a defensive kind of counter-attacking mode, which is something that Bowen got constant stick for in the last few months of his tenure. Um, what did you think of Mark Bowen, Eddie? Did you want him to stay? Forgetting how it's all come about, the timing, what did you think of him as a manager? Well, Mark Bowen was strange to me because most managers I have a clear opinion on, but Bowen had little streaks where he did he did really well, and then I think, okay, he is the man to take us forward. And then we we'd go three or four games losing and drawing, and I'd think, no, maybe he's not. Um, I think that I think that I would have stuck with him even after the end of last season. But if he'd been sacked straight after the end of the season, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been too bothered, and I'd be more excited for the the upcoming season. Yeah, no, I agree. It's the timing, isn't it? It's completely knackered everything. It's, there's no preparation. I spoke to Eddie on Saturday, and he said, if we got Eddie Howe in, would I be okay with this? And I have to be honest, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just definitely. shows you how quickly you can just go, oh, no, everything's wrong, and then, yeah, actually, we'll deal with it. I mean, never, I couldn't see Eddie Howe ever coming to any football club in this situation. I mean, why would he, Alex? It's so unstable. Well, you've got no, there's no, no real attractiveness for him. A big name manager. I think that that's kind of um, that's kind of the the disappointment, I guess, with with a lot of the reaction over the last week, ten days or so, is uh, I guess the rumor the rumors of having a big name manager and going for promotion. Uh, you, you're hoping for a, I guess not not Bielsa himself, but you're hoping for somebody who's got like a lot of quality, who who maybe has been there and done it in the championship, or has proven themselves across Europe somehow. Um, so I, I think a lot of the kind of disappointment and, and kind of resentment, I guess, uh, to Bowen's departure it comes about because the replacement is not necessarily of a high quality or high caliber necessarily. Uh, yeah, well, harsh, but. 
to to come back to that, I mean, I obviously I don't think he's a big name manager, but from from what I understand, he is a big name in in Eastern Europe. When he won the under twenty World Cup, he was he was bra- people put him in the same bracket as uh, Slavoslav Jovanovic, and and he's managed top players like Bastian Schweinsteiger in in the MLS, and so he's obviously got experience with top flight players, and um, maybe part of his his big name is signing Eastern European players. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if that's a market that's going to work for us, and it's possibly maybe a little bit cheaper if we're not going for the top end, obviously. You go top end Eastern European players, you're playing tens of millions. So we're not going to go yeah. near that. But it's kind of, on this situation now, we've got Quinton Fortune coming in as well from the coaching staff, obviously who played with him at Atleti. Don't say Atletico, Paul. Don't say that Atletico from Madrid. <laughs> I almost fell into that horrible mistake there. And do you think you know, the coaching staff that he's had in his previous jobs in Chicago, do you think they'll be coming over Eddie with him? Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I'm already aware that we're bringing in a, an assistant manager um, and I'm pretty confident that we'll see a few more coaches that have come, like the goalkeeper coach, like the goalkeeper coach and, and various others. But yeah, so I'd expect, along with Quinton Fortune, another two to three uh, new coaches. Yeah, no, definitely that would make sense. It would be so going to be running out of car parking spots at, uh, at Bearwood. <laughs> John O'Shea it's still. A big facility, Alex, a big facility. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's happened to Eddie, uh, I don't know how to say his surname. Nick. Eddie Nizwiski. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he, I'm, I'm not too sure. I think with Bowen going, it probably makes him more likely to go. But prior to, prior to Bowen, Bowen uh, not accepting the sporting director role, I was confident he'd be staying. I think, um, especially with Mr. Dye, things can change very quickly. And so I'm not too sure sure what will happen. I'm I'm confident John O'Sh- John O'Shea will be here, definitely. Yeah. So that is the continuity is John O'Shea. <laughs> that's <laughs> just, that's it. We finally got it, everyone. Rinse for John O'Shea is the pillar of strength through the whole of the football club. He's the one who's going to lead us through, Alex. On the on the subject of um, of John O'Shea and, and Quinton Fortune coming in, do, do you reckon there's any any kind of Man United youngsters who are looking for loans next season, who we might end up looking at, Eddie? Well, there, there is Man United youngsters like James Gardner, um, but I'm, I haven't heard anything on, on, on them. Um, I think we'll just have to wait and see for that. Thanks very quickly. So we're going to move on to the action, actually, at the Medeski Stadium coming up on Saturday against Colchester United. Obviously, the squad are now, we found out today from Jonathan Lowe that they're returning on Thursday. They all have their COVID tests. How do we know how this game's going to go? We'll probably play quite a young team anyway, won't we, Eddie? It's not going to be a proper first team. We never normally do that. Yeah, well, it's likely they will be a, a younger team. But I think that the fact that we're coming home a bit earlier than we were expecting means we might see a few a few of the first teamers at least in there. And it gives gives everyone a chance to show show the new manager what they're about, especially the young young lads. Yeah, will the main manager be actually taking charge of that one? Or will his first game actually be the game against Derby County? Because I'm not quite sure which one. It seems a bit confused, that situation. Yeah, no, I, I haven't heard, heard anything about that. But I, you'd think he'd be... If he's the, at, at in Reading, then he should be able to take it, unless he's still quarantining. Yeah, um, that's the one. He may not be quarantining as, a, as an elite sportsman uh, slash manager. 
Yes, because he's probably had repeated uh, COVID test as well. So it's a different situation yeah. from me getting on a plane from Portugal. You know, yeah. not quite the same. No. So Alex, you had multiple bets on Colchester beating us, didn't you? When you saw that we were going to Portugal. Yes, I, I can see you thanking me. You can't see that if you're listening. But um, is it going to work out? But they could still beat us, though, couldn't they, Colchester? Alex? I mean, they could still beat us. If we, if we end up playing a young, young team, I don't see why not. But um, you'd have to hope that now, if they are coming back on, is it tomorrow? Wednesday, yeah, they're coming back Wednesday. Wednesday now. Thursday. 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 Yeah. Either way, they're coming back days before the game. You'd expect us to be playing a relative, maybe not a full strength team, but a relatively strong team, given that this is going to be the last game. I think we don't have any other friendlies planned, as far as I'm aware. Um, that the last game, kind of before the season kicks off. Generally, we end up playing like a Premier League or a, a European side that's the week before the season starts, and you, you do see a kind of a half half strength side so I, I I wouldn't really expect to see any difference this year um, from what we what we kind of see normally during that first first league cup round match um, I think we'll end up seeing like a mix of first teamers and under 23s um, and obviously it's going to depend on who, who takes charge of it as well as to what team we see I guess yeah definitely Eddie score prediction just a quick one then three run three run reading okay Alex? I'm going to go 2 0 Reading. But yeah, I'll go 2 0 as well. On the, on the subject of the under 23s, yeah. I think it's important to remember we don't have an under 23 manager at the moment. And uh, so I think it will likely be the new manager taking charge if, that, cause that, if that's the case. Um, so the club's in disarray throughout the, throughout the system. Yeah, it definitely. We've got no sporting director, no under 23, a manager who's going to have to quarantine. We got a CEO who's new at the club. It's all just beautiful in the world of Reading Football Club. And the good thing is we've got months until the start of the new season. Oh no, we've only got about <laughs> 10 days or so. But that's the way it is, isn't it? In the mad world of uh, Mr. Dyke. So hope you enjoyed uh, listening to this. Um, uh, we'll be back soon. And uh, cheers, Alex and Eddie. Cheers. Thank you.